Four years ago was a different time. Six months ago was a different time. It's time for Arrested DevOps, the podcast that helps you achieve understanding, develop good practices, and operate your team and organization for maximum DevOps awesomeness. I'm your co-host, Trevor Hess, at Trevor G. Hess on Twitter. Arrested DevOps is brought to you by 10th Magnitude, a cloud services company that figures, if you're listening to this podcast, you must be pretty cool. You can find out about joining their cloud services team at arresteddevops.com slash 10th Magnitude. This episode is also brought to you by Datadog, a monitoring tool that helps bridge the gap between operations and dev teams. Datadog brings together system metrics, changes, alerts, and events from over 70 common infrastructure tools, such as Chef, Docker, and AWS, so that dev and ops teams share their key data and alerts in a single place and collaborate on issues in real time. Datadog is available for a 14-day trial at arresteddevops.com datadog. So I said a few things about Chocolatey on our episode about switching teams that got the attention of Rob Reynolds, one of the creators or the creator of Chocolatey. So Rob, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself and please accept my sincerest apologies for spreading misinformation. Oh, no worries. No worries. Uh, like you said, I'm Rob. I uh, live in Topeka, Kansas. I'm a senior software engineer on the Windows team at Puppet Labs. Where we make Windows more awesome. Like you said, I also uh, have created Chocolatey. And I created Chocolatey, I want to say, about a little over four and a half years ago. Uh, it was at a time when I didn't find anything that really was out there that could meet my needs, which were not not, not the same as they are today, but uh, definitely needed something that could bring tools and, and applications to my system very quickly. And when I sat down with other people to pair, I wanted something that, oh, you don't have Notepad++, can I do something really quickly instead of the nice long yak shave that uh, we are typically used to. Oh, you got to love the uh, the nice long yak shave. <laughs> <laughs> Happens all too often, as oh, we're, yes. I think, everyone is well aware who listens to this show, <laughs> as was I. As we start talking about what chocolatey is, I think that's a great place to start where you know you, you start talking about what, what were your needs four years ago? Why did you need chocolatey and what problem did chocolatey solve? Four years ago, man, that was a different time. Uh, four years ago. Four years ago was a different time. Oh, Six God. months ago was a different time. <laughs> Two weeks ago. <laughs> four years ago. I was looking for something that would go out and silently install everything on my machine, and I had experience with silent installers. And I was taking this knowledge and going from one company, and then I went to another company, and I was doing the same thing over. And I'm like, you know, I'd like to take this concept and probably try to make it like a little bit more global, and so that. I don't have to keep going back and like restarting the wheel. Plus, when I'm not inside of the you know the company firewall where all of this software is at, uh, I could still install things. And so, making that concept uh, available over the internet, that was really the start. Uh, and of course, at that time, I was on the NuGet team, and we had made a decision not to uh, approach machine package management. And um, I thought that was an interesting decision. We had a joke going that if we ever made a, a machine package manager, we'd call it chocolatey nougat because it wasn't vanilla nougat packages. Huh. And so a name was born? And so the name was born and it stuck. 
Uh, the best the best things come out of a, like an offhand joke. I mean, that's you know, the tagline of the podcast was an offhand remark I made when when Nathan said. Uh, Nathan Harvey said on a call that Matt and I had way early on, like, you know, the, the tagline of the podcast is going to be something that somebody just says offhand. And then I said, like, there's always DevOps in the banana stand. And <laughs> it was that ever since. Awesome. So I, I, I know how that goes. We kind of talk. So, so now that we've talked about why make chocolatey a little bit, what, what about talk a little bit more about what chocolatey is? Because sure. You know, I uh, clearly, as 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 you know, as we can see, if you look at the comment that uh, that Rob posted on uh, the Switching Windows episode, I had some misconceptions about what how I should be using chocolatey. Well, you know, I, I don't think that there was anything that was said that was incorrect. Um, the only distinction that I, I, I wanted to point out was um, because it's a decentralized package management tool um, that when you're using it in production. You definitely don't want to be depending on the community feed the, at chocolatey.org slash packages because there's no control there and there's no trust um, or very, very low trust. Now, trust is something that we're starting to build. But as you guys were talking about in the last podcast, um, signing packages is really the next big thing in the trust so that you have a nice traceability from the person that you think created it to, you know, the person that actually created it. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's really the big thing that, that's necessary to, to really bring it, uh, at least the community feed, into the mainstream. Uh, I think until that happens, it's really a matter of if you're a corporation, if you're a company and you're wanting to do package management with Windows stuff, you can. Um, you just need to be very wary of using the, the community feed that's out there. We've made the packages so, uh, so they're simple to build and create um, that... Uh, a lot of companies, they just they, they create their own packages, they put them on some internal repository somewhere, and then nothing ever touches the internet. So where you see, when you go out to the, the community feed, you see, oh, uh, here's a package, and in it, it has this instruction. And the instruction says, you know, I want you to go get this uh, binary from somewhere, uh, like an official distribution point, download it to the machine, here's the checksum. A lot of packages do have checksums. There are a lot that still don't. Check it. Make sure it's good. Uh, make sure it's what the, the maintainer thought it was going to be. And then here's the silent arguments for installing it or upgrading it. Uh, a little bit more about what Chocolatey actually is. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, it's really the idea that uh, you have configuration you need to put on your machine. You have things you need to install on your machine. Um, Chocolatey works through um, a packaging framework called NuGet. And then on top of that, uh, we've enhanced it a bit. Um, but it looks for um, some automation scripts. And right now, those automation scripts are written in PowerShell. Um, we did a spike, and we're going to be adding script CS at some point. Um, are you familiar Ooh. with script CS? I'm yeah. not, but it sounds like it involves C Sharp. It does. Ooh. <laughs> Four years ago, Trevor is excited. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, script CS is. I don't know how to explain it. It works on not Windows. It works on Mono, where PowerShell doesn't. Um, so I mean, there's definitely that. Uh, it, it allows you to, to very quickly like um, write C sharp, and then be able to run it. And it has a REPL that comes with it. And yeah, it's it's kind of fun. Um, so does that mean that in the future, Chocolatey will also be cross-platform? Is that an intention? Chocolatey is sort of cross-platform already. Um, oh. So. 
when we first when I first created Chocolatey, I just created it and it was completely written in PowerShell. <laughs> so there's a command line app and you interact with it like you would a command line app, except all of the language under it was completely PowerShell. And we were using PowerShell in a way we probably shouldn't have been because we would have to start up PowerShell every single time you ran a command. So we're paying that, you know, one to two second penalty um, of startup time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we had about 20 some thousand lines of code and it uh, it got very interesting to maintain. (laughs) So uh, we had to start thinking of uh, doing maintenance in in ways that, uh, you know, I don't think a lot of other people in the PowerShell community were, were leaning towards. I think one of the other um, tools that were out there was Pisaki, and Pisaki is a build tool written in PowerShell. And it was probably at a similar size, um, but it was doing things more towards, you know, the, the PowerShell-y way with, you know, like invoke dash command, mm-hmm. where um, we were definitely not doing that. And so, to bring about more maintainability, to bring about much better speed, and um, to really be able to go cross-platform, I decided to go back and take the pain of doing the rewrite back in 2014. Man, that was like just last year. (laughs) (laughs) And that finally came out um, the first of this year, uh, I think around March. Uh, It was in beta for quite a while. Yeah, it's it's come out. There's been some 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 security enhancements. Uh, we've got plenty more coming. But yeah, we're we're really trying to grow it up into a, a what you see as a package manager when you look at Linux, so that you can see mm-hmm. something exactly exactly like that when you you come to Windows. And we definitely got some work to do. That's still that's that's awesome. So I mean, going going back a little bit to you know you were talking about managing packages yourself. So. How do I how do I go about doing that? So you know, do I need to go in and actually? Could it, you know, a lot of other situations, like for example, uh, one of the folks, one of the companies I've been working with recently is using uh, Artifactory to to mirror like the PowerShell gallery. Right. Um, so you know, their ultimate goal there is to make it so that they have, you know, a copy of everything that they're trying to run against their system and they're not relying on something external to be hosting it. But a lot of the chocolatey packages that are in the community are, are they, they reference, like you said, a package, like an actual source for uh, that the company releases their software at. Uh, so do you actually need to, if you're going to, if you're going to host your own chocolatey packages, you actually need to go in and modify them all so that... If you're going to take existing packages from um, the community repository and bring them internal, you do have to actually edit it right now. Um, so uh, we call that process repackaging, and um, there's going to be a business version of Chocolatey coming out next year, and in that that repackaging process will will be a single command that you will run that you'll say, hey, go get that package over there, download anything that goes with it, put those here, and rewrite the package to point to those internal resources. And so that's like one of the things that we're doing with the the pro and the business versions. Another thing that we're adding is a little bit more like virus checking. uh, And then for our professional users that are still using the community feed, an alternate CDN where these downloads, um, like you guys mentioned, sometimes you'll go out and you'll hit a package and you know Notepad++ took that data to go down. And 
um, it really doesn't matter if you're a pro user because there'll be uh, an alternate private CDN that's going to have that binary. So it's going to go, oh, that didn't work. I'm going to go get it from over here or it's going to start over here. I haven't quite figured that one out yet, uh, which one it should mm-hmm. be first. Um, we don't like it when we see 404s. <laughs> no, nobody likes 404s. Nobody likes the 404. Although I guess I do sometimes like the GitHub 404 when you get the fun like land speeder one. <laughs> I always, I always see the unicorn. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, I bet there's like some profiling tool that GitHub's using to determine, you know, wh- which fun 404 you get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get the pretty unicorn. Um, I think. Uh, Stack Overflow has a really interesting one as well. Every time I see that, I try to take a screenshot because it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> I don't think I've actually seen it. I've seen it twice. <laughs> I don't remember the last time, but uh, the most recent time was like a couple days ago. I hit it and they had just gone under maintenance. And they were only down for like five minutes. Uh, That's awesome. I was like, I went to some page and I'm like, and I, I tried to go to another page and I was like, oh gosh, it's down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's when you're on a site that's like you're used to being up yeah. <laughs> and you see it go down, you're like, wait a second, is, is, is there like something going by, the, you know, is a pig outside flying by the window? Like, <laughs> wait a second, what do I do without internet? <laughs> um, <laughs> So I actually I had I had forgotten about seeing the stuff the the kind of the talks around the professional version of chocolatey. So yeah, um, can you talk a little bit more about that and how that came about and kind of what the the goals are with that? Sure. Um, so one of the things that uh, most people probably don't think about, uh, although they they probably know that uh, you know, this kind of thing is there, is that you know, just because it's a free service that we have out there doesn't mean it doesn't cost us anything. Uh, and so, um, you know, at some point when you've been running a site for three years, three to four years, you have to decide, you know, do do I keep pouring money into this or do I need to find uh, a, a nice business model that's going to help keep it around for a long time? And, you know, really wanted to, to see it stick around, uh, at least as the community feed. And I don't think the tool would ever go away. Um, so uh, did a Kickstarter last year, um, and it was successful. Successful. So we're very excited about that. Uh, we've been working to, you know, of course, the rewrite with Chocolatey. Uh, we introduced moderation. Moderation has been kind of this nice double-edged sword where it's been extremely popular. Um, we probably turned it on just a bit too early because all of our infrastructure automation wasn't quite ready for it yet. And so it was a very manual process for our, for our moderators um, that are out there checking these packages, making sure they're safe, making sure that they're not going to do bad things before they approve them. Um, so uh, that was October of 2014. Prior to that, um, you could put a package up there and it was completely live. There was no, there was like a review process that would come about and there's a way to, uh, to do uh, a report abuse, mm-hmm. but there was really no. It has been checked by a human, <laughs> and a human has verified that it doesn't do anything bad to your system. And of course, um, trying to bring up like uh, quality and consistency of some of the packages, as well, has been kind of an uh, an interesting. And so we started moderation now. 
we had a lot of automation in place for being able to, you know, push up packages very quickly and keep packages in sync with, you know, these uh, the software that maybe you don't own. And, and so we have some maintainers out there that are really taking advantage of that. And they're able to push uh, upwards of 200 packages at a time, and they do. Um, <laughs> wow. And so you can imagine when you have something automated on one side and a human review process on the other, how that works out. And it doesn't very well. Uh, and so um, a couple of weeks ago, we finally released the validator. And the validator is a service that will check the existing packages that are out there. And every two weeks, it rolls through those and it goes... Does this still install successfully? If it doesn't, it sends an email back to the the maintainer and says, hey, this is failing. And some of our maintainers have been seeing that happen now that it went through that first round. Um, But it also goes through the the moderation queue and it checks all these submitted packages and it, it, uh, in a headless way, it it runs uh, Vagrant and installs Chocolatey It sets uh, a sandbox up and then it installs the package, grabs all of the, the, the files grabs the log, um, it checks the uninstall as well, and it's checking the uninstall from uh, the perspective of the auto uninstaller as well. Uh, Chocolatey has this concept of when it installs, it takes a registry snapshot, and if it made any changes to the registry, um, it installed anything, it knows how to uninstall it um, automatically, which means you don't need an uninstall script for the most part, Uh, and we find about 80% of the packages don't need it, so that's... That's a pretty nice benefit. That's awesome. So the, did I call it the verifier or the validator? So that's the verifier. Uh, <laughs> it's it's verifying that you know, the installs actually work, the uninstalls actually work. And then we have the validator. The validator goes in and it looks at the quality, the consistency. It's looking at uh, making sure that the package meets the guidelines and it meets the requirements that are necessary. Um, to get onto chocolatey.org. So it's gone, you know, are you meeting the naming guidelines? Um, if you do use an icon, are you using it from the right place? Uh, so it's like, it's going through and it's checking all these things. And I think we have probably um, about 35 checks that we do. And um, some of those checks check multiple things. And so like, it's looking inside of the package and it's looking to see if you're using a start process. And if you are doing start process, it's going to set a note. And so um, all of that automated review um, goes back onto the actual package page. And so, and then that also goes back to the package maintainer so they can make any changes if they need to. Um, and it'll keep going back through that until um, it's good enough for a human to, to step in and do the review process. And so at the end of it, uh, when you get a good install and you're meeting the package validation, um, then a human reviewer gets involved in it. It's a very, very short process at that point. All they're really looking at is look at the install script and make sure there's nothing bad going on in there. And then look at the download where it's located. Uh, Is it coming from the official distribution point? And if not, then you get back with a maintainer to fix. That's really really cool <laughs> yeah so the validator is working it's just not actually reporting anything back to the users yet because we're trying to mm-hmm. clean up the messaging because um, we want it to be uh, we want the messages to be like rock solid short and simple and they actually tell them what to do um, but then they they send them to a wiki link that has more information so like oh um, you're telling me that the copyright 
uh, field or the description field is only like less than 30 characters and I should write more information in here. And well, what does that look like? Or I used tags incorrectly. I used commas instead of space separated. Okay, so I know that I need to fix that. Um, do you have more information? I, those are the those are a little bit more trivial. We check some, some right. more advanced things, but yeah, <laughs> some of that stuff is going back into to when you do chocolatey pack, and when you package up a package, you're going to be having the, some of that validation run. Some of that validation is really specific to chocolatey.org, so we definitely want to check that there. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, so you talked about kind of malicious packages. Has there actually, have you had any malicious packages get uploaded? We haven't found a one. <laughs> but I That's mean, so it really awesome. only takes, it only takes one. It does. Um, Absolutely. Now we have had packages go up that are using SourceForge and SourceForge pulls down the malware. Um, right. And, you know, that spam stuff may or may not get installed um, on the machine. We, uh, when we actually do the registry and uh, snapshot, we're trying to see if anything else gets installed through there and we're not actually seeing everything that it brings onto the system yet. Uh, one of the things that we'll be enhancing the validator with is a, a tool called Turbo. Um, and Turbo, if you're ever, maybe that's something in our checkouts in Retro. There you go. <laughs> uh, Turbo's is really nice. We can tool. put that in the show notes for sure. Yeah, that uh, does. Um, it's kind of like I, I don't want to call it Docker for Windows, but um, it's really had some concepts of you know, doing a little bit of virtualization and allowing you to to do that on Windows. And it's been around for a long time. It was previously called Spoon. So if you've ever heard of Spoon. Uh, I have actually. Yes. I forgot about it. <laughs> One of the really nice things that it does is when you um, use like chocolate to do a turbo container, you have a chocolatey version uh, that you can do that. You can actually diff the container and you can say, like, here's all of the registry keys that got touched. Here's all of the files that got touched. And so having that as part of the information that we can provide back to maintainers and, and also for us to be able to check, like, oh, it installed. What did it actually do? Like, Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's not like uh, when we do the chocolatey stuff, we're only checking, like, a very small portion of the registry because, holy crap, that could take a long time. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. There's no. only a few. <laughs> um, and then, as far as the file system, we're we're only looking in the actual uh, package itself right now to see what got installed. Um, when it's actually reaching out and it's doing the native install that goes into program files, we don't check that yet. Uh, I think we're going to be moving towards that, uh, especially if you're running it as a moderator or an admin. Uh, you should be able to have that information. <laughs> be helpful <laughs> yeah we're adding that to the verifier at some point so you talked about how you want to get chocolatey kind of closer to the traditional uh linux package manager concept mm -hmm. uh so well, how is how is chocolatey different today uh chocolatey doesn't have virtual packages and it doesn't really have any of the concepts of um, replaces or conflicts uh or ways of doing um packages packet some sort of package resolution like i mean there's a little bit in there um that comes with nuget but nuget really doesn't get into that like oh this thing is the same as this other thing just you know it's like here's ruby 2 and here's ruby 1 how do they interact right ruby 1 9 anyway 
it could definitely benefit from virtual packages, especially when you're trying to say, you know what, I need to take a dependency on, I just want a PDF reader installed. I don't really care what it is. And so being able to say that Adobe PDF and um, I think it's called uh, oh, Sumatra PDF, being able to say that both of those provide PDF um, would be a really nice way uh, for packages to say, okay, I can take the dependency on the virtual and then it'll look for what provides that and then give that. Um, we don't have package indexes in the way that other um, package managers do. And so when you're trying to query for what packages are available, you're actually going out and hitting remote systems right now. And that's something that um, we want to change. So uh, we're working towards having package indexes as well. Um, we've already talked about the package shining, so we know that's not there yet. Um, but in a lot of other ways, it's it's very similar to the others. Um, you know, there's starts at a, a really good CLI, and then there's um, a GUI that goes along with it. Uh, there's a tool out there called Chocolatey GUI that's uh, done by the Chocolatey team. Why wasn't it? Why wasn't? Why didn't you call it Gooey Chocolate? <laughs> I don't even know why we call it Chocolatey Gooey. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it could be renamed at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes that those are the hardest ones to change. The ones that have been established. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just just pull, use the use the play on words use play a little bit more. <laughs> Gooey chocolatey goodness, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I mean, that's that was like in, you know this is this is you know this conversation as a whole has been awesome for me uh, because it makes it make so much more sense and like uh, you know the things you pointed out during you know just even during in the in the comment on the previous episode um, were kind of clarifying because it for me it was totally like oh dude why didn't you're trevor why didn't you read you know read the fucking manual <laughs> oh no worries uh, uh i think a lot of people miss it and i think it's probably because we don't do a very good job of um putting that out there properly and uh we have customers come to us and like not of none of our customers trust the internet in the first place and i don't i, I want to say that's probably because we work a lot more with sysadmins uh, and of course, sysadmins have no trust at all um, for hardly anything, <laughs> which is good. It's a it's a healthy distrust. Um, and so, yeah, they they're definitely wholly against like going out and using, you know, using the internet uh, and trusting the internet. Um, we we have a lot of customers that, that just don't trust the internet, and I think that's a good healthy fear um, uh, to stay away from that. And so. A lot of them have used Chocolatey and have brought everything that they need internal. And so um, that is the way, but, I mean, you're not gonna have a lot of companies uh, in the first place that are, are like that, are probably gonna be advertising what, what it is that they use. And so um, that's why uh, it's probably on us to do a bit better job of advertising, um, you know, what, what you can use Chocolatey for if you think of it more as a framework. Separate the package, uh, the community package repository at chocolatey.org/packages from the actual chocolatey itself. 
Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, we, like you were talking about the kind of the professional chocolatey too, having, having the ability to have a, a mechanism to leverage the community cook, the cookbooks. Can you tell I've been working with chef a lot? <laughs> the community chocolatey packages in, in a way that you can, you can replace those, you know, those package sources is just fantastic. And I think that'll help a lot too, you know, especially you know, the, the, the companies I've worked with who have been like, Oh, how do we get chocolatey into here? That's been like the, that's the answer to the question that I didn't have an answer for. <laughs> just like, uh, well, I don't know how you're going to replace those packages. You just rewrite them. <laughs> so if you're using puppet, um, there's a, a provider for chocolatey. Uh, if you're using chef, of course, you know, there's a cookbook for chocolatey. Uh-huh. Both of those will actually allow you to install chocolate. And I think uh, Matt, Matt Rock, who's been working on the chef side, um, I think he's bringing about more of uh, the ability to install chocolatey completely offline and use it completely offline where the puppet side has had it for a little while uh, longer. So uh, I think you're going to see probably a little bit more support on both sides of that start to really ramp up in the new year. So, so you both have you got the uh, the dueling banjos of config management and chocolatey now. Oh yeah. <laughs> so speaking of speaking of uh, kind of of big clients that that do talk about using chocolatey, Microsoft is leveraging chocolatey as a framework for OneGet, right? Uh, yes, sort of. <laughs> Is that less true than it was before? I think, I think there's a, a... So way back in the beginning, uh, when Microsoft <laughs> said, you know what, we like chocolatey. Um, a lot of people like using chocolatey. And we want to build... Uh, we're building this tool called OneGet, and OneGet is a package manager aggregator, uh, which means right. it really isn't a package manager at all. It just knows how to talk to other package managers. Um, we're building the provider for Chocolatey, and um, and then we started like helping and working with uh, some of the folks that are building that, and. You know, with <laughs> it's like we have. I had a Kickstarter that I needed to do delivery on. I have the moderation uh, work that I needed to to make sure I do. Um, and yeah, there's like all of this stuff, and so there's only a few of us, and we're of course all volunteers that that work on this stuff in our spare time. So it doesn't leave a lot of time to to really help. Um, finish up the one get provider and so mm-hmm. if anybody out there like wants to like knows powershell wants to use chocolatey through one get um great uh if you feel um oh you also have to know c sharp <laughs> <laughs> you want to jump in and, and like help out with that just reach out on the chocolatey mailing list or out on getter um, um we could definitely use the help with that. We'd, we want to get that done um, sometime in the first half of next year. Maybe even better if it could be in the first quarter. Um, but like I said, uh, the biggest things for us, or for at least in priority for me, is finish the Kickstarter stuff and then mm-hmm. make sure that the moderation automation that goes around that is working really well. And even here more recently, um, in the last uh, somewhere around October we started having issues uh, chocolatey.org 
the usage went way up. Um, so like I said earlier, the moderation has been great on the consumer side. Um, in 2014, before we introduced moderation, we had about 5 million downloads total over four years, uh, sorry, the three years before, right? From that date of introducing moderation until uh, my public conf talk, it went up another 20 million to 25 million one year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, um, having having those checks on one side it has really increased people's usage. Like, oh, okay. So, um, uh, on the other end, is the the getting packages approved process has been a, a bit slower, and it's been quite a bit slower for some people. And in some ways, I think that we've we've sort of failed that we didn't get the automation in place as quickly as we needed to. And so, uh, we're trying to correct that now. <laughs> And with that, also, um, Chocolate Yard, because of all of the, the increased usage, has really brought some of, like, the uh, um, pieces that weren't, weren't quite, like, they needed a little bit more love or, or, or some parts that just weren't working or working until you had a certain number of users hitting it. Um, mm-hmm. And we get a, to put it in perspective, our bandwidth is about one terabyte a day. Um, and so we get about six somewhere between four and six or seven million requests a day. And so <laughs> that's awesome. When you, when it starts to have problems, everybody starts, it's like, when it starts to have problems, everybody knows <laughs> and you, you start having all these people like, Hey, it's not working. And so, uh, we've been having a bit of s- some stability issues and I righted some of it and then I didn't, I, I, I didn't quite get it all done. And I was actually today I was, I've been working on, um, the rest of the fixes for uh, making it um, as solid as it was before all of that happened. <laughs> so, so that again, it's it's when you you hit it, you don't get um, a nice like you know, I'm trying to search for something and things are slow and I'm just waiting and or I I've, I've hit the cache has been primed and everything's like snappy. So uh, sometimes you just not not sure what you're getting and so that's um that's what i've been fixing today and i'll probably be fixing that even later oh that brings me to another question which you you started to touch on also was uh so how does how does the chocolate team find time with you know you're working i assume full-time at puppet Uh so how does how does how does everybody find time to maintain this awesome tool Uh, a lot of people say it's a labor of love and uh, you'll just you find time for things right and so you know if there's a production problem with with chocolatey.org I will typically maybe take PTO and just work on that I might be the only one that actually goes probably that far um, but (laughs) I'm also you know the guy behind chocolatey I guess and when it goes down I get to hear about it so (laughs) but yeah like um my maintainers, you know, it's it's when they have free time, they will jump in, and uh, the community jumps in when they want a certain feature really bad in Chocolatey, and they'll put out a pull request, and it's fantastic, and we always love that, and you know, hopefully, um, that continues to be uh, pretty rock solid there. So, how does one get involved with Chocolatey? In case anybody listening to the show is like listening to this, and they're like, oh. I totally want 
you know, more of this and how do I, how do I help make more of this? And, you know, how do you get involved? So we have a mailing list. Um, a lot of questions come up on the mailing list. Now, now that we have Gitter, which is a chat client, sort of like Slack, a lot of questions will show up there. Uh, so people will jump on there and uh, they'll start asking questions and, or they're looking for a package and a maintainer has disappeared. And so they want to jump in and start maintaining that package. And that's one way you can get in. You can look at packages that, that you like, that you use, that... Uh, need new maintainers and uh, jump in there um, you could also take a look like we have like a it's called a up for grabs like we have certain certain things like features that we want they're they're up for for community to jump in and and start contributing and typically some of those are like yeah i need a little documentation here or um we like this 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 feature and so a lot of those are, are a little bit smaller and so they're easier for people to just jump in and get involved um, and that, that kind of gets you, you get the taste of chocolatey <laughs> <laughs> and then you want more. <laughs> I had, I had one of my, uh, uh, long time chocolatey users once say, once you go chocolatey, you don't go back. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, 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 you know, the possibility for puns is oh, just it's, endless. It's, <laughs> it's so yummy. Ah, another one. <laughs> You're like, why did you call it that? Well, that's called DNF now, so it, the puns are going away on that one. Oh, well, yeah. Um, like they have Yellow Dog Updater Modify, and they call it Yum. Um, Chocolatey is really hard to come up with a backronym for, but uh, <laughs> maybe if one thinks long enough about it. Yeah, I'm sure you could figure something out. Something, something clever, or or you know, may still be maybe an acronym, but it's probably still a pun. <laughs> <laughs> we always call it Chaco uh, in turn. You know, whenever we're talking about it, because it's just it's a lot of effort to say that over and over. Yeah, it is a it is a long a long one. People are like, why did you spell it like that? Um, because it's for those that don't know, it's T E Y instead of ty and i always say well you know i kind of liked it better that way plus the domain was available <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have, you have to wonder how many how many things got their clever name just for domain name availability mm -hmm. i'm sure that's like 60 percent or more of why so many tech companies have funny spelled names because right like they wanted the domain name <laughs> <laughs> How about, so we, we've kind of talked about a lot of it already, but as we kind of come up to the end here, what about, what is the roadmap and what sort of things should we be looking to in the coming months from Chocolatey? Oh, right on. Um, so I did mention the business and pro versions. Uh, the Kickstarter folks will get those two months before everybody else, um, if you're in the right the particular reward groups that had that. So they'll get theirs, and then two months later, we'll have the general availability. At that point, um, people can uh, jump in and start using that if they're they're interested in those. Um, with that, like I said, the, the one get provider, uh, we're gonna be trying to fix finish that sometime in the first quarter of the first half of the year so that that's working. Um, there's a provider that's out there right now um, that I was talking about earlier. It was a it was a very early like uh, CTP a preview uh, from way back in 2014, written on two year old chocolatey uh, with 
without all the security enhancements and all the other stuff that we have added since. Plus, that was the PowerShell version versus the C-sharp version, which are like night and day. Uh, for anybody that's used both of those knows that one can take forever and the other is like done. Um, <laughs> like, um, checking like for all of the, the packages that have upgrades. If you, uh, I showed this at one point, like if you ran it in the old chocolatey, it was like, could be like four minutes, depending on how many packages you have. And then if you ran it um, with just the Choco uh, C-sharp version, it was like 40 seconds or actually it's even less than that but and I, I still remarked at that point that that's still too long um, that's why we needed pack that's why we need package indexes because then it's like less than a second um, once you've updated your indexes you already know what else available for upgrades and it doesn't have to touch the internet or anything at that point because it's already went out grabbed all that stuff and brought it down as far as um, some of the features going into chocolatey uh, so we are gearing up for version 0 0.9.10, uh, not to be confused with 0 0.9.9.11 that's out right now. Um, that version that's going out is going to have um, all of those alternative sources that we had to say, we want to get out the C-sharp version, and we're almost, like, we got most of the feature parity, but we don't have the ability for you to go out and say... I want to use Chaco, um, install this Windows feature minus source Windows features, right? Um, where the older Posh version, PowerShell, had that. And so the version that goes out is going to have that. Uh, we're going to be adding a couple more security fixes, a couple more security uh, features. Like, I'm not sure if it's going to come out in 0.9.10.0 or one of the, the um, patches that comes after that. but. Um, some people can't use the checksumming because they have the FIPS uh, algorithm security policy turned on. And so it won't let them use MD5's checksumming. And so they need to be able to have a much better checksumming. It's checksumming for here's the files that got installed. So when you uninstall, uh, at least in the package, Chocolatey won't remove files that you've changed. So if there's like a config file in there, it's not going to rip that out. Um, it'll leave it there. When a new one gets installed, it's going to go, oh, that one's already there. Actually, I think it's still going to go over the top of it, but we have XML data transformations that you can actually add to to have it be able to make changes to the web config without destroying the one that you had there. Uh, and we look for that. If you have a web config, but then you also have the XDT file, we won't copy over the top of the old web config. We'll use the XDT file instead. Nice. That's already there. Uh, one of the things that we've added for companies is, um, so how does one create a, a chocolatey package? That uh, was a question that was asked that I think we glossed over. <laughs> uh, oh, we still have time. We can answer that. Choco. <laughs> or rather, I guess you can answer there's that. There's a command in Choco <laughs> called new. And uh, what that's going to do is it's going to generate out um, some files that are already like heavily templated, the, the ability to give you just things to subtract, a couple things to add, and you got a package. So it's like this really quick way of getting packages out. And it has like all of like the, the best recommendations like are already built into um, these templates. Um, but a lot of businesses may not, may not want to be able to use uh, these templates that are already geared probably more towards chocolate.org. They may be able to use like their internal, like this is sitting on a file server somewhere, 
I'm going to embed the MSI into the package um, or the, uh, some other executable into the package itself. And so you can create your own custom templates. And we added the functionality in the last version uh, a couple versions ago, but we haven't had the ability for you to install uh, template packages that would actually like, I'm gonna put a template out there and then you can just install it. And because of the way the package is named, there's a convention that says, oh, this is a dot template package. So I'm gonna put the template in the right place. So we'll be adding somewhere in the, the 9.10 series, we'll be adding that. We'll be adding quite a bit more things. Um, Mostly because we have to uh, to finish out the pro stuff. We have to have uh, quite a bit, stuff, mm -hmm. quite a bit of stuff going into the the free side. Uh, and it's really nice, you know. You have this uh, this nice business model, and nobody understands the open source business model. You know, it's like you have this open source thing, and then somewhere in there, you add something on top of it, and you add maybe su support as well, and then you charge uh, for those things. Um, and it's kind of nice because it also continues to drive features uh, in the, the open source model and keeps that nice and healthy. I think a lot of people sometimes miss that, that nice, fantastic side effect of having a business behind open source. Yeah, I think and that's that's it's hard for a lot of people to get their head around, too. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. It's been really hard for me. It's It's been almost impossible for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> That could be a whole other episode. Dealing with work life and significant others. Oh. I, think, <laughs> I think she's she understands what I do. Um, sometimes she's like, like if I, I go up and I like because I work from home, um, I'll go up sometimes and I want to explain a problem you know, out loud because it helps me figure it out. And so I'll go up and I'll, it's, I'll talk to her about a problem, and then she's like, mm hmm. <laughs> Hopefully by yep. that time I figured it out, or uh, I've moved on to trying to find um, somebody online that can help me, or a friend that's local that I could sit down with. It's also a techie. Techie is a very interesting um, occupation. Yep, <laughs> especially in the big town of Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> uh, didn't you guys get fiber soon or something? Or aren't you getting fiber soon or something? I thought I saw something about that. Uh, I think we're still waiting. Uh, we did um, change our name to Google, and Google changed their name to Topeka uh, a few years back, but then they gave it to Kansas City instead. Oh, that's why I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Do you have any kind of any closing thoughts uh, before we move on to the checkouts? Besides, maybe read the manual. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, one of the things that every open source project can benefit from is better documentation. And I, I'm not going to say that ours is fantastic. It's okay. Um, some of it's probably hard to read because we don't have pretty pictures that go along with it. So there's this nice wall of text. Um, we would, you know, if, if, if somebody's out there and they're like, ah, oh, documentation. I like that. <laughs> we, we love documentation. Um, so one of the big things I think we'll be doing is moving some of the documentation over to chocolate.org off of the wiki. Um, and uh, I didn't mention it, but I mentioned it in other places. We're doing a rewrite of chocolate.org itself. Um, we took a, a fork of the NuGet gallery um, from 
2011, 12, when we, we, we took it and we kept it up to date for a while and then we wanted to take features a completely different way. Um, and so we started um, adding our own stuff into it. Um, but it's it's clearly it's getting towards the end of its useful life, and so we're going to be we're rewriting it and uh, giving it a nice facelift and, and a few other things, and we're going to be moving in some of that documentation. And so, um, what I see is when you go into the documentation, it's like, are you on the open source side or are you a business using Chocolaty? And then it's going to have. You know, like, here's how you would do, like, creating packages, and here's how you would use it from the business side. Here's your options. Mm-hmm. It's like, and then, like, this area where the two overlap would be, like, some, a, a good area for documentations, you know, shared documentation. But, you know, usually when people are using chocolatey.org, they're saying, I'm going to go download something from an official distribution point because I don't have the permission to install. You know, I don't have the permission to put it in the package, and I don't have the permission to host it somewhere else so that... So I have to uh, bound by legality. Where when you're a company, you're pulling that stuff internal, so you're not you're not putting it out there on the internet uh, for right. the world. So you can do whatever you want. And so those those types of uses of chocolatey, you're you're taking the binary, and you're embedding it in the package, or you're putting it on a SIF share somewhere, and then um, we're using SCCM to help push it out to like different distribution points, and so that you're getting your software um, out everywhere. And then you're able to use Chocolatey to install all that. So, closing thoughts. <laughs> That's awesome. Chocolatey. It's awesome. Use it. It is awesome. Thank you so much for uh, for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Of course. So let's, uh, let's jump into checkouts then. You're up first. Did you come up with anything? Uh, uh, there's a, a nice... Uh, tool out there called Turbo and I mentioned already there was something else I saw I just can't think of it right now because it's so late <laughs> um, so we'll put we'll, we'll put check out sleep 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 <laughs> is always a good thing uh, it's okay We could, you come up with it we'll put it in the show notes and we'll tweet it out <laughs> we'll call it Rob's latte chocolatey thoughts <laughs> latte after I've had my chocolate <laughs> Now I can think. <laughs> All right. So for me, this uh, this time around, so I've been playing a lot with uh, DSC and Windows Management Framework 5 and having a lot of fun. Sweet. Um, so if you haven't had a chance to play with it yet, you should. Uh, I've also, you know, I, I'm, I think I've mentioned this show. I think Matt's mentioned this show. Um, Rob specifically asked me not to spoil the show. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is awesome, and if you're not watching it, you should be. Uh, and and finally, uh, David Bowie put out a really awesome new video slash song called Black Star. It's like 10 minutes long. It's really trippy, and it's also awesome, and you should check it out. Neat. So DSC, if you're using it, um, we have a puppet provider for DSC. You can do that. Uh, Chef also has a provider for DSC. So um, one of the things that Microsoft did differently, um, I think this time, like we've been seeing them do a lot of things differently and a bit more open, is they said, hey, we're building this thing. We really want to integrate with you guys. Like we want... um, you know, we're going to have people building up all these DSC resources. We want to be able to offer them through Puppet and through Chef. And um, 
that's been really cool. So, yeah, and they're uh, you know, you can talk to your Microsoft team too, and they'll work really closely with you to make sure that you're getting your needs from DSC in combination with Puppet and Chef and you know Azure Automation. However, you're tying that all together, it's really cool. As always, we have a newsletter. Uh, arresteddevops.com slash banana stand. It is the best way to know about upcoming podcast episodes and cool news with DevOps. We also have an iPhone app if you dig that kind of thing. Uh, you can download it for free at arresteddevops.com slash iPhone. Thanks again to our sponsors. Please be sure to visit them at arresteddevops.com slash 10th magnitude and arresteddevops.com slash datadog. Rob, thanks again so much for joining us tonight, or me tonight. Thanks for having me. Oh, you bet. Wouldn't have missed this episode for the world. To our loyal listeners, if you enjoy Arrested DevOps, we would really appreciate it if you'd visit arresteddevops.com slash iTunes and leave us a review in the iTunes store. We'd also love to know what you thought of tonight's of this episode. Please leave us comments at arresteddevops.com slash chocolatey. And that is chocolatey with an E-Y, as Rob said earlier. Be sure to check us out at ArrestedDevOps.com or at ArrestedDevOps on Twitter. We're always happy to get your input, ideas, or feedback at shows at ArrestedDevOps.com. Please let us know if you have any ideas for future episodes. Rob did, and Rob just did an episode. I'm Trevor, at Trevor G. Hess. This is Arrested DevOps, and remember, there's always DevOps in the banana stand. Banana stand.